0: but I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 5. We're in a series called Love Your Neighbor, which I'm so excited about. Um, but in this story in Luke chapter 5, something incredible happens. A miracle takes place. God does something amazing here. And so I'm so excited that we're going to take the moment, we're going to read God's Word. So if you're with me, why don't you grab, um, open up to Luke chapter 5. I'm going to be reading from verse 17. And this is what it says. It says... On On one of those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Obviously, this is Jesus. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Verse 18. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in, because of the crowd, They went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles in the midst of Jesus, before Jesus. And it says this in verse 20. And when when he saw their faith, everybody say their faith, their faith. I love that it says their faith and not, not someone else's faith, but their faith. He said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easy to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or, or to say, Rise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins? He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he immediately and immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been laying, lying on and went home glorifying God. Listen to this in verse 26. I love the way this story ends. It says this, And amazement seized them all. Amazement seized them all. They were all blown away. And they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things Today, I want to preach part three of this series. This message to you today with this title: "A Love That Leads." A Love That Leads. Would you pray with me, Lord? We love you so much. Thank you for your word today, God. Father, thank you that your word always speaks life into us. It always speaks um, faith into us today, God. Thank you that we can look to you this Palm Sunday, April fifth. We can look to you on Palm Sunday, the same way they would have seen Jesus physically coming into the city that day, Lord, we can look with eyes of faith today, knowing full well because of everything that was accomplished on the cross, that everything has changed for us. So God, as your word goes out today, Father, we pray that you would bless your people, Lord. Help us to receive your word. Holy Spirit, I pray right now you would invade my heart, you would invade this space that I'm in right now, but also, Holy Spirit, because you can be anywhere. I ask that you would invade living rooms right now, that you would invade people's spaces right now, and that you would minister God's word to people, that you would illuminate his word um, for people today. Thank you that um, you're, you're doing so many great things. And Lord, we pray for an amazing time with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, say amen with me. Say amen. All right, well, I'd love for you to stay with me in the next few minutes as I preach this word. Don't check out. If you feel the, the urge to maybe you know check something uh, on social media or to maybe do something else, why don't you just really intentionally just take a moment, see this is your church time. This is your moment. So grab your notebook. And, um, and let's get into this together. But I'm excited to talk about a love that leads today. So this series, Love Your Neighbour, has all been about the great commandment that God gives us through Jesus, based on really Old Testament um, uh, character that we see that coming from God as He speaks to His people in Leviticus. He said, hey, this is, this is what you need to be like. You need to understand that I have a love for people. I want you to love me, but I also want you to love people. So I started the series with with this, A Love That Cares. Because Jesus cares for you. He cares for me. But that love that he, that he has so lavishly put on us is love that's not just for us. It's for the people around us. It's for the people in your world and my world. And I love that as we read in the Amplified, it talks about this in the great commandment. It says, that love, to love your neighbor really means this, to seek the higher good for your neighbor, to seek the higher good for the people in your world, the higher good, like good above you're good so the higher good for them Um, i just think that's powerful because that's what god does for you and for me is he elevates us to a higher place he takes us from death he gives us life he moves us from one place to another spiritually and he wants us to issue that love and and have that love permeate through us as we love our neighbors so there's a love that cares and last week i talked about a love that carries a love that carries what do I mean by that? What did I mean by that? Well, we looked at the the parable of the Good Samaritan, which I called Leviticus 19 in reverse. If you think about it, God said to his people, to the elect, the Jewish people, hey, I want you to love your foreigners, your neighbors, the strangers, just like yourself. Here Jesus is teaching about a story about, hey, this is what the kingdom of like. It's actually like that, but even in reverse. So here we see a Sumerian. Here we see someone who's different. Here's someone where there has been division, actually loving a Jewish person, actually loving in reverse. And that's the kind of love that we see in the kingdom of God. So it's a love that carries us. And I love the story. I love that parable so much. It talks about resource being given to this man that was on the side of the road that was beaten and left for dead. It talks about margin being available for him. It talks about um, this this, uh, Samaritan offering up his own resource to prepay, make a prepayment. Think about what Jesus has done for you and for me. He's made a prepayment. Um, Paul talks about the deposit that's in us, the seal, the guarantee that the Holy Spirit in us is is something that goes ahead of us. And obviously, we're going to receive all that in eternity. But You think about what the Samaritan traveler did in this parable. Jesus is trying to explain this is God's love. And this is how we are to love others. It's extravagant love and it's incredible love. And so today I want to talk about a love that leads. I want to talk about a love that leads today. So you can write that title down. A love that leads towards God. See, there's a love that comes in. And this is what happens when God loves us. He comes in and he loves us. We receive His love, and that love comes into us. That love is deposited into us. It's something that's birthed in us. In the first part of the series, I talked about the love that gets birthed in you and me. When we say yes to Jesus, what happens is that love gets birthed in us. This is what's really cool is that love then begins to pour out of us. It begins to come out of us. It becomes to permeate our lives. It begins to, I like to say it this way, it, it transforms us inside. And then that comes outside. What, what gets birthed on the inside of us spiritually in the kingdom of God, it can't help but make its way out of us. Our cup begins to run over. Our cup begins to be filled to a level where it goes out in our lives. So the love goes in. Doesn't this sound like the great commandment to you? The love goes in. Think about that. The devotion, the attentiveness that we have towards God. The, 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 the maybe the, think about your quiet times in the morning when you sit there and you say, God, I love you. Thank you for loving me. And you spend time in his word and you pray and you ask the Holy Spirit to minister to you. That's the, the first part of the great commandment, which is to love God. It's the love that goes into us. But then it's the love that then comes out of us. That's what the great commandment represents for you and for me. Let me read it to you again in Matthew 22. This is verse 37. And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's the first part. He says, This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. He says, You shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Love for God and love for people. How cool is that? How awesome is that, that there's this tether in our lives between loving God, but also loving people? Could you imagine if it was just one? Could you imagine if it was just loving God and it was kind of like, well, just going to let the world go, just going to not... No, that's, that's not God's heart. That's not God's heart for our world today. And I believe today, 2020, especially where we are right now as a society and as a world needs this understanding, needs this revelation. So we're going to talk about it, a love that leads. I want to come around a thought real quick, if you just bear with me for just a moment. But I want to come around this thought today, and you could write this down maybe if this might help, but my love means that I lead. Your love means that you lead. See, the essence of leadership, and I love leadership, I talk about leadership, I just recently started a leadership podcast, and if you haven't subscribed to that, if you're interested in it, please go and check it out. But but leadership really is, the essence of it is, example. The essence of it is to pattern a better way. If you're in leadership, um, the goal of leadership is to help people along, to, for them to grow, to, to be able to example, to model something that is better. And I want you to think about something for a minute. Leadership is really what Christianity is. If you're a Christian, you're a leader. If you're a believer, you lead. Um, You can, I believe you can celebrate that every single day. But if you're a believer, you're a leader. You can pat yourself on the back today. You're a leader today because you believe in Jesus. If you're a believer today, if you love God, if you've said yes to Jesus, this is what I believe. I believe you are a leader. I believe that you are different. I believe that everything has changed for you. And because of that, you are ultimately a leader because this love in you is a love that leads you. And it also can be something that leads people as well. If you're a believer, you're a leader. And you're a leader because you're a carrier of God's love today. You might be sitting there and you're like, Matt, what are you talking about? Like, I just, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a leader. I would encourage you to think about this for a second. You have God's love. And God's love is seeking, is the higher good for, for anyone that doesn't know Jesus. So therefore, you are a carrier of God's love and you are therefore different. Set apart, I believe, a leader and a carrier of a better message, of a better way, of a better life. Listen to me, a better eternity. In Jesus' name, you are a leader. You are something that people can look at and say, I want that love. I want that love that permeates in that person. I want that love. Someone could look at your life and say, man, they have the love of God. And therefore that means that you have set apart, that you are drawing that person in. You're a leader in Jesus' name. You're a carrier of the good news today. And this is a love that leads. This is a love that takes people somewhere. There is a leading that takes place as we love our neighbor the way that God intends. There was something significant about the men in this story. If we go back to Luke, there was something significant about these men. We don't know the names of the men. We're not told um, you know, their bios. They don't get like personal credit. You know, they're not in the history books. You can't go to their Wikipedia pages. But there's something about these men. I love the, the Bible says some men. Some men, you know, that the, 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 what did they do? They carried their friend. They carried their brother. They carried their, listen to me, neighbor. They carried him. They transported him. They put him on a stretcher. They found a way for him to get in. They found a way to bring him, to lead him to Jesus into a place that ultimately would be the higher good, the better good, the more amazing thing for him that's what they did. This is a love that does the following things. It does love your neighbor. So I've got a few thoughts for us today as we dive into this passage, as we look at Luke, as we look at this story that, that Jesus is doing a miracle. He heals a, a man paralyzed and we see these guys bring him in um, through the midst of obstacle and opposition. And obviously on the other side of it was religious opposition and f- uh, Bible scholars and Um, People that were ultimately looking at Jesus and and trying to um, question Him. But let's look at this and look at this love that we see on display here. But what is it about this love that leads us? Well, number one is this. It leads us towards grace and truth. This love that leads, it's a love that leads us towards grace and truth. See, love, God's love, it always leads us to a place of the grace of God but also the truth of God the truth listen to what takes place in the midst of a miracle there's this conjecture that takes place there's this like there's this like moment where something incredible has just happened like this person has encountered The grace of God. This person has encountered Jesus. This person has come into contact with the living God, the incarnation Jesus. Like, this is just, this amazing thing has taken place. And then on the side, there's this conjecture that takes place. I want to read it to you. It's in the Amplified. I want to read it from the Amplified. It says this in verse 21, the scribes and the Pharisees began to consider and to question. I love what it says here, the implications of what he said, saying, Who is this man who speaks blasphemies by claiming the rights and prerogatives of God? Who can forgive sins, that is, remove guilt, nullify sins penalty and assign righteousness except God alone? See, what happens is like this person has encountered Jesus. And what happens is there's, this, there's these Pharisees, there's these scribes around that start to do this thing. They start to do this thing as this man was led towards love, towards uh, grace, and towards truth. Here is what happens: the Pharisees they couldn't see that at all. They couldn't see the fact that that, they, that 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 grace was operating right here. Instead, they wanted to get religious about it. They wanted to 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 point the finger about it. They wanted to to to, to question the grace of God. See, the thing about God's love is it always leads us to grace, and it always leads us to truth. It always leads us into this beautiful environment called grace. That's what love for your neighbor does. It leads you towards grace and it leads you towards truth. See, I love that, that what these scribes and Pharisees were encountered was this radical grace was this radical love that comes from Jesus. What they had a problem with ultimately probably was the fact that he was the one who got healed. He was the one who had his sins forgiven and they wanted to question Jesus and the fact that, I love that it says that they, what did they do? They they began to question and to consider the implications of what he just said. See, they were looking at themselves and saying, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, like, like, what about my righteousness? What about, what about all the things that I've done right? What about, all, what about my standing before God? See, there was this self-righteousness that began to, crep, to creep in. And instead of seeing the radical grace that these men, this love for their neighbor had, had led them to a place of grace and truth, and, and, and their friend got incredibly healed. These Pharisees and these scribes, all they could see was self-righteousness being attacked, their own position not being justified anymore. They'd forgotten about the paralyzed man. They just moved on and wanted to, to question the intentions and the implications of what Jesus said. It says that they began to consider and to question. Isn't that true sometimes about ourselves that maybe we go a little bit further along in life we go a little bit further along in the journey and maybe we get to a place where it's like, oh, well, you know, I've, I've been reading my Bible pretty consistently and, man, you know, I've been serving at church for for a long time now. And, you know, it can be quite easy if, we, if we're not careful that some of that self-righteousness can begin to bubble up in our own lives. And that's why it's so important to stay grounded in the Word of God. That's why it's so important to be um, immersed in the things of God and understand on a regular basis the grace of God. It's a scandalous love. It's for every single person. There are no boundaries when it comes to God's love. It can reach into anyone's life. It can take take anything down. It, it, It will go anywhere to be able to find someone like you and me. It's a radical, radical love. But that love always leads us towards grace and always leads us towards truth. And God is calling us today to be people that, that have a love, that, that permeate a love, that issue a love to our neighbor, to anyone in our path, anyone that we come across to a place of grace and truth. So that's the first thing. The second thing about this amazing love that we see here is it's love that leads us into new seasons of blessing. New seasons of blessing. Write that down. New seasons of blessing. I believe there's a world today that's looking for a new season of blessing right now. But here's the truth today is you as a leader, as a believer, as a Christian, as someone that knows God, you know the new season of blessing is found in Jesus. See, love always leads us to a better place. The love of God always leads us to a better place. I say it like this, you never come second by putting God first. Loving God will mean you never come off second best. This love is, there's just no way that you can ever come off second best. And I kind of just want to pause here for a moment and say this to you, and you're listening to my voice and I pray you're still with me in this moment, but you know, your faith in Jesus can be the thing that moves mountains for people. Your faith in Jesus like your love for God, your understanding of how much you've just been changed and your, your decision to, to keep putting your hope and your faith in God, you know that can move mountains for people because that's what we see right here. Look at, it, look at it in verse 18. I want to read from the message translation. It says this, Some men arrived carrying a paraplegic on a stretcher. They were looking for a way to get into the house and set in before Jesus. See, think about that. They were looking for God. They were looking for Jesus. They were looking for a way. Their faith was looking for a way. It says, When they couldn't find a way in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, removed some of the tiles, and let him down in the middle of everyone, right in front of Jesus. And look what it says. Impressed by their bold belief, he said, Friend, I forgive your sins. They were impressed by their... You know what impresses God? You can probably think, what are you talking about? God's God, He's sovereign. Yeah, but listen to me. God's impressed by faith. God's impressed by bold belief. Look what it says. Impressed by their bold belief. He responded. God reacted. He met Him where He was at grace was issued, forgiveness took place, healing took place. See, this is the thing that we need to understand today as we go out there into the world today. And it might be in a virtual world for now, but we've got to understand as we love our neighbor, it's our faith, our decision to love God and continue to love God. put our faith and our hope in Jesus every single day, it can move mountains for other people. Our faith in God. I just want to encourage you, if you're listening to me today and you're thinking about someone else in your world that doesn't know God, maybe today is the day that you begin to start to pray fervently in faith for that person to encounter Jesus because it's your faith as we see here in this story. It was their faith that moved mountains for Him. It was their bold belief, Scripture says, that meant the miracle came to pass, that meant that forgiveness took place. See, here's the cool thing about it today is love always leads to a new place, a new season of blessing. It leads us towards healing. It leads us towards restoration, which I talked about last week. Loving people today often represents a desire to see them better off than they used to be. And that's what we see these guys doing here. They, they saw their friend. They saw his plight. They saw his situation. They saw where he was at. And it was their faith. <laughs> I love this. It was their bold belief. Like the, like, I just love, like, kind of like the Samaritan Traveler last week, I was talking about sort of taking it a little bit further in my mind. I like to sort of do that sometimes. But I think about these some men that we read about here in Scripture. But I love thinking about this. It, just, it, it seems to me that they would have just done anything to get their friend in there. Like they had such a bold belief, they had such a conviction on the inside of them that Jesus could change his life that they just decided, hey, it doesn't matter what we, like we'll take this house down. You know what I mean? Like we'll, we'll set off the fire alarm so everyone else can get out of the room and we'll bring our friend in that. Like they would have done absolutely anything to see him encounter Jesus. And you know, our faith, And the whole reason we see this in our Bibles is because our faith can do the same thing for our neighbors. Our faith can do the same thing for the people in our world. He was led into a better place in his life because of the love um, uh, that their friends had, but also the love of God that came through Jesus, touched his life and meant he was changed forever. You think about the potential. You think about your world. You think about the people that you know. Think about family members. I've got family members that don't know Jesus. I wonder if today, I wonder if my faith, if, I wonder if I could get a revelation that we see here, a conviction on the inside that my faith can do that for them as well. So number two, this love it leads us to new seasons of blessing. Think about the way he left. Think about the way that he left that. Says that immediately, he got up, grabbed what he was laying on. I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine what, what, what the season of blessing looked like for him ahead of, th- ahead of him? What was now his reality? Now, now, what now was his future? I mean, talk about the future never looking so good. Man, this guy has, like everything has changed. His world has changed. The love of God leads us to new seasons of blessing. It leads us to the, to the, the new thing. I love that the Old Testament prophets, what did they often prophesy? They said that God's going to do a new thing. God's going to bring about a river of blessing. God's going to bring about a new place. God's going to bring you, even think about the the people of Israel moving to the promised land. What was it? It was a new place. It was a new season of blessing. And I truly believe that in the midst of even what we're going through as a society, that God is saying today through His word in churches all around the world that there is a new season of blessing coming in Jesus' name. There is a new place that we will occupy as the people of God, that we will go to, spiritually speaking, that we will exist in, that we will occupy as God's people. And ultimately, the love of God is what takes us to that place. Can you give me an amen right where you're at, right where you're sitting? Come on, turn the person next to you and say amen. This is good preaching this morning in Jesus' name. All right, so number two, new season of blessing. And this is the other thing that God's, the final thing today is this, is this love. It leads us to Jesus and the foot of the cross. This is what happened to him. What ultimately did his friends do? What ultimately did this love do? It brought him to being in front of Jesus. It brought him and it brings us this love. And I believe as we love our neighbor, those those that don't know Jesus, what ultimately we're believing to see is that that take place for them. Verse 25. And immediately he rose up before them, picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God it doesn't say that he glorified God on the way in, but it definitely says that he glorified God on the way out. And amazement seized them all. And they glorified God and they were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. So what took place? Listen to it. This man was led to Jesus. He was changed by Jesus. And the people who became witnesses to it all, they all themselves had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. Love always leads to Jesus. If you're ever wondering what the end result could be of you loving your neighbor, the end result could be of you deciding, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be that person. I'm going to try to love my neighbor like the scripture encourages me, like God encourages me. If you're ever wondering what the end result could be, the ultimate, the best example, the best outcome could be, it's this connection to Jesus Christ. The connection to to God. Where does that happen? It happens at the foot of the cross and understanding that the cross is what changes everything for me. The cross and the fact that resurrection life now as I believe in Jesus, ultimately it changes everything. It changes the game. It changes my now. It it does absolutely move my spirit from being spiritually dead to now being spiritually alive. It changes my now, but it also changes everything in the future. changes my eternity. You think about the way this man left. He left the house. changed. It says that he left praising God, glorifying God, his eternity was completely different. His, his, his now was changed, but his future, his eternity, his journey ahead, his eternal destination, his place that he was going to go to ultimately was changed because of Jesus. So how can you and I be people today that love people in a way that ultimately leads them to a place where they encounter Jesus. Because that's the goal. You could say, what's love your neighbour all about? Well, love your neighbour obviously is to, to love people in a practical way. So I listed some of those last week, but maybe it's sort of doing something generous for someone. Maybe it's praying for a friend. Maybe there's someone right now in your living room you know, that, that, that just needs prayer. Maybe once this is all done, you could take a moment, step out in faith. Maybe it might be a little bit uncomfortable for you to step out in faith and lay a hand on their shoulder and just pray for them. Uh, maybe it could be sending a verse, sharing the link to this message. Maybe it could be, you know, doing something practical. I mean, people need stuff and showing that practical love, I believe is part of it. But what is, what is love your neighbor really about? It really comes back to, well, I've received this love. And I'm believing that they're going to receive that love too. I really believe that as I step out and love them, maybe in a practical, totally normal way right now, that God will use that. And we have to have faith that He will. We have to understand that God is is the architect. God is the designer of this whole deal that we can understand as we love our neighbor, God does it. So what could I do? It could be that that really today is a day of saying, you know what, I'm going to pray for that person. I'm going to believe God for their healing. I'm going to believe God for their salvation. I'm going to believe God today that through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and resurrection life that now lives in me as I love them, as I choose to pray for them, that I can believe that God, you know, I just, I, I love to believe for crazy miracles when it comes to like, people's salvation specifically i I never want to limit my faith down to the level of my experience but when you're praying for someone can i just encourage you why don't you be the why don't you be the type of believer that says god like even if that person's you know on the other side of the world that could be just down the street or that could be on the other side of the world but i believe you can do it i believe that you can you can save them i believe that you can orchestrate events i believe that you can you can you have a plan and you have a way of doing things you can position people in their path let's be people that understand that when we come to love our neighbor we do our bit but while we do our bit god does his bit and he is always faithful no matter what so it could be through prayer could be through generosity um I wrote this down too. It could be just through an encouraging word. You might have someone that right now is not paralyzed physically. They might be paralyzed with fear today. Maybe it's your encouraging word. Maybe it's you sharing this message. Maybe the first message I did when we went online, which was when faith and fear collide, maybe you could send that to them. So maybe they're going to be paralyzed with fear, but they're going to ultimately be healed of that because of our decision to love our neighbor. But ultimately, what are we doing? As we love people, we're seeking the higher good for them. We're believing in faith for God to do something incredible in Jesus' name. Well, I pray that word bless you today, church. I pray that we could take this series on for ourselves. I just really want to encourage you. Don't sit there and just say, oh, this is nice and this sounds good. But what about if we actually live this out? What about if we are people that through our screens or through our phone calls or maybe through through just even in our family situation or wherever we're at, whatever the means looks like right now. Obviously, loving, our, loving people obviously means doing the best for them as well. But let's be people that know that God can do this. God can use this. God has no limitations in Jesus' name. So what could be the higher good for a person in your world? Love your neighbor. Well, I pray that blessed you.